You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Real Presence Radio listening family. Uh, we welcome you to Real Presence Live this morning. I'm Kelly Schneider with my co-host seated beside me, Amanda Allercamp. Uh, we're back in in our Depores House of Barbering studio this morning in downtown Dickinson, North Dakota. It's an, a great place to broadcast from um, with a wonderful, fun atmosphere. Um, it just speaks of... Good times, yeah, good conversations, community, fellowship, great handsome haircuts. Yeah, go <laughs> wrong with that. I was struck uh, in our last segment. Um, the, the Holy Spirit rattled around in my heart and in my brain. <clears throat> this quote I read just yesterday that I shared with Amanda um, in the August Magnificat from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, and he said, "The Magnificat this month." Um, for those of you who receive it, or for those of you who haven't yet read it, and for those of you who don't receive it, I highly recommend it. Uh, the opening was all about August is a time of school starting again. Yeah. And so it's drawing our minds back to that. But there's a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, and he said, First and foremost, every Catholic educational institution is a place to encounter the living God who, in Jesus Christ, reveals his transforming love and truth. And it resounded in me when we were visiting with the LRCs in the last segment that uh, although we wouldn't say necessarily that Catholic Radio is an educational institution, um, any, any institution that promotes the faith is evangelistic and educational in mm -hmm. nature. That's what we do. We provide it. We speak of Christ. We speak of His church. Um, we try to draw people in. So... Uh, when we talked about listener relationship coordinators, it's all about, you know, that fostering that relationship with Jesus Christ because ultimately that's what our faith is about. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, which we've heard echoed on this show and other Catholic radio shows for Absolutely. years. Absolutely. And I love, Kelly, that um, idea of, you know, Real Presence Radio being... We talk about evangelization, but certainly that's education Absolutely. in the faith. Absolutely. Uh, and I know as a listener, I've learned a lot from listening totally. to Real Presence Radio, of the different programming um, that's on. So I, I, I love that uh, that quote mm -hmm. that you shared with us. So, yeah. So, uh, listeners, we're so happy that you can be with us this morning. Uh, in this segment, we are joined um, by Rachel Juvie, who is an employee of Real Presence Radio Network. Um, but she's going to be sharing with us about a recent experience that she had. So, Rachel, thanks for joining us on air this morning. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah. So maybe just for to start here, just introduce yourself uh, to our listeners a little bit and tell them what is your position with Real Presence Radio? Yeah. So I have been with Real Presence Radio for about a year now. Um, I work in the programming department, so I do a lot of producing the live shows. So like basically what's happening right now, typically I'd be the one behind the scenes pushing all the buttons and Talking uh, into our ears, talking telling into us what ears, to do. Right, yeah. right. Um, I help with recording spots and stuff, um, recording podcasts, that kind of stuff. So a lot of the behind-the-scenes things at RPR. Awesome. Awesome. And so uh, I am hearing that you recently went on a mission trip. 
which sounds uh, very uh, exciting and intriguing. So uh, maybe let's just start with uh, where where did you go? Where yeah, did you go I went trip? to Honduras. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was about a two-week trip, 10 days in Honduras, okay. um, but with traveling about sure. two weeks. Um, we were mostly in Comayagua, Honduras, and then we went up into these little mountain villages for about half of our trip, too. Wow. Yes. So tell me about, like, how did you get involved with this? I'm assuming it was a group. That yeah, you it was on, a group. On your so, own. Yeah. yeah, I had been involved with the NDSU Newman Center here in Fargo this last year. Um, and through that, I got to know some of the focus missionaries who are stationed there. Um, and so I'm pretty good friends with one of them. And she just invited me. She said, hey, Rachel, I'm leading a mission trip to Honduras. You should come. And I was like, honestly, that sounds awesome. So I went with a group. There were 10 of us here from Fargo that went. Um, we met with three other people from Texas, two missionaries and a student. And then we went down to Honduras and we worked with this group called the Missioners of Christ who do ministry down in Honduras. Um, so kind of a a combination of their group, our group, and then about 10 seminarians from Texas who are also there for the summer. So, Rachel, oh, excuse me, that was a, a focus-led mission trip then that you were able to join in on, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. What was your primary primary role down there, primary job? What, what, were you, what were you all there to, in what capacity were you there to serve? Right, yeah, it was actually really beautiful, and it wasn't exactly what I was expecting, to be honest. I didn't know exactly what I was going to be doing down there. I just kind of was like, yeah, okay, I'll go. Didn't really look too much into it. Um, but it wasn't the typical, you know, let's go build a house or do some really hard manual labor type of mission work. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very much evangelization-based and just sharing the gospel. And so what we would do is The first few days we were down there, we were at this retreat center in Comayagua, you know, getting talks, learning about the culture, just resting and preparing. Um, And then we got split up into teams of about six or seven people. And we went about two hours away up into these little mountain villages, super remote. Um, And we just stayed with people in their homes or we stayed at the school a couple nights. And we would just visit people in their homes, share the gospel of the day with them, pray with them, you know, just Uh, talk to them and get to know them and then we also would put on programs in the villages for like the little kids at their school and then for teenagers and adults so it was very much like evangelization sharing the gospel in like a very radical way wow yes that's really beautiful so beautiful rachel and (laughs) kelly and i just kind of exchanged a glance here a little bit because (laughs) i'm like the holy spirit is so good like uh, just weaving this theme that we're seeing emerge this morning through the first two segments of the show, this idea of meeting people where they're at mm-hmm. in evangelization, right? And right. planting those seeds, which yeah. really sounds like uh, what your mission was there. Right. And Honduras. it was it was beautiful because a lot of these villages, so um, we were all in the same parish, but the parishes are different down there. So here like in America, you know, a parish is one church, one priest is assigned to the parish. Mm-hmm. But down there, a parish is like a whole community, basically. So we were in the parish, I believe it was Santa Ana. But that is comprised of like a hundred or some villages that all have a church in them. And one priest oh. is assigned to the whole area. Wow. Oh, my. And so some of these people get mass at their churches once a year. Oh, my gosh. Um, they don't have a lot of access to the sacraments. And so we had a priest in our group. And that was a really beautiful way that we could reintroduce people, you know, bring them the Eucharist, bring them adoration. They had an opportunity to go to confession, which was kind of a big deal for them because normally they wouldn't get that. So maybe this year they'll get it twice. Wow. Yeah. 
Rachel, how is it that, um, I, I understand it was focus-led. So, for example, at NDSU, how is it that focus opens that up to, to people that want to go? Like, it is, it's only open to college students who are, you know, who, who are involved with things that focus does on campus? Or how is that all orchestrated? Are you familiar with that? I'm not super familiar with, you know, all the little details and workings. I know for sure that mm -hmm. this trip... Um, was just a, a student-led, you know, Focus primarily ministers to college students, and yes. so their whole department is called Focus Missions, mm -hmm. um, where they send mission trips all over the world, basically. Ah. Um, and they have certain okay. Focus missionaries, you know, who are trained to be trip directors. Um, so they, see. you know, they'll work with the organization that's down there. And so, you know, um, our trip director, she was, she was in charge of everyone on the Focus team the focus side of it but once we got down to Honduras you know she kind of took a step back and she wasn't exactly the one leading everything because we were working with the missioners of Christ to you know know the culture and know everything down there sure. um, so it. definitely it was a group effort and this one was just for college students okay, okay. yeah okay. awesome was there any kind of a theme going into the trip you said you're not you didn't really exactly know right Rachel what, right. what you were going to be doing when you went down there was there any kind of um, a theme that maybe enticed you into going? You know, I actually, I just love serving. So that's why I was really excited yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, but there are definitely a lot of like spiritual themes and beautiful messages that emerged while we were down there. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's this lady, Carol, who's kind of the, the head of the missioners down there. Um, and she's just a very holy woman. Always just, she loved everyone so well. And, she always kept saying the whole time we were there, she said, you know, maybe you think you came here to serve and to give of yourself, which you did, but you also came to receive. Mm. And the, the one line she always said is, you're here to meet your family. Mm. And that just really put into perspective and really kind of made me realize, like, um, the love of Christ is universal. You know, I don't know their language. I don't speak Spanish. Very, very small amount of Spanish, right? Um, so I can't talk to these people very well, but we can smile. We can, you know, I can just be with them. I can sit with them. Um, and I can show them their love, and they can show me, like, the immense love that they have for Christ and for me just um, by who they are. Mm, and I it really that. felt like we were part of a family down there. So. Yeah, that's really beautiful, yeah. Rachel, as you're talking about... Like you said, there, there's a language barrier mm -hmm. there, um, but that you were able to to serve and and witness and really just love these people, right? You right. know where they were at, despite um, you know the barriers that mm -hmm. were in place, right? You know, and some people might let that hold them back, like, well, I, I don't know, I've never been to Honduras before, <laughs> I can't speak Spanish, right. I don't know what we're doing, um, but I hear you saying like. Oh, I just kind of jumped in uh, and had a really beautiful experience. I'm sure it wasn't without its challenges. Of course, but, right. Um, that, you know, there, there's grace there. Of and course, right. There were times where I would just, I was like, I wish I could speak Spanish because I want to yeah. know what they're saying so yeah. bad. Or, you know, the little kids would come and talk to me and they would just, they would be, and I'd be like, uh-huh, yeah, I don't know what you're saying, but okay. Um, but, you know, just the joy that they had and the, the love that they had was beautiful, so... Rachel, talk to us a little bit about your takeaways, uh, main, main takeaways that you, that you brought back with you that really are sticking with you and that you feel like, oh yeah, that's, that's fruit in my life. Yeah, definitely. Um, coming back, it's the kind of thing where I just can tell in my heart that my life can't really be the same anymore, you know? Mm. Um, 
it changes a lot. It puts so much into perspective just to see the difference and how they lived on there and the way that I was able to live um, and realize just how blessed I am in different ways than they are. Um, yeah, definitely just definitely just changed my life. Yeah, so. perspective. And I think that's right. what I hear a lot of people who go on these sort of trips of just that perspective of what you have materially, but also mm-hmm. spiritually, as you were right. speaking to, of how infrequently they even have access to the sacraments. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I can yeah. go to Mass every day if I want to, and that's right. just not an option for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, I can't. I, I, I want to hear more about this, uh, Rachel. Listeners, stay with us. We're going to continue to re- visit with Rachel Juvie about her recent mission trip to Honduras uh, right after this quick break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Filippis of St. Luke Productions. The Baptism of the Lord. In the Gospel account of the Baptism of Jesus, the mystery of death and resurrection sin and redemption, sin and forgiveness is prefigured. Jesus descends into the depths of the Jordan. Being submerged in the river is a symbolic representation of the process of death. An old life is buried so that a new one can arise. Because Jesus himself is without sin and has no old life to bury, his acceptance of baptism is an anticipation of the cross, whereby he begins to share in our lot and to take upon himself our sins and our death. At the moment when he comes up out of the river, the heavens part, and from them is heard the voice in which the Father acknowledges him as his Son. The opening of heaven is a sign that this descent into our night is the dawning of a new day, that the barrier between God and man is being broken down by this identification of the Son with us. God is no longer inaccessible. In the depths of our sins and even of death, He searches for us and brings us into the light again. To this extent, the baptism of Jesus anticipates the entire drama of his life and death and at the same time explains them to us. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Hello, Real Presence listeners across our uh, network of many states and many stations. It's growing all the time, which is just a beautiful uh, thing. Thank you for staying with us. Um, This is Amanda Ellerkamp, joined by my co-host Kelly Schneider. We are coming to you live from downtown Dickinson, broadcasting at DePore's House of Barbering and Lounge this morning. And uh, this 
uh, segment, we are continuing to be joined by Rachel Juvie, who is an employee with Real Presence Radio. Uh, but we're visiting with Rachel this morning on air versus mm-hmm. um, usually it's off air. And yes. she's helping us to, to run uh, shows at the studio, as Erin is doing for us this morning. Um, but Rachel, you were sharing with us before the break about your mission trip to Honduras. Um, and I, I forgot to ask you this, so I'm curious, if have you done a mission trip before? No. Oh, this was my first ever mission trip out of the country, you know, okay. really doing it at all. So, yeah. yeah, so a totally new experience right. for you of going. Uh, you were invited by a focused missionary at uh, the NDSU Newman Center who said, Hey, let's go to Honduras and do this mission trip. And you were like, I'm in. Yeah, yes. pretty much. Okay. <laughs> awesome. And so uh, you were sharing just before the break uh, with our listeners about really how transformative this 10 day experience was for you. Um, and I would imagine that you're still kind of unpacking some right. of those graces, right, definitely. you know, that have come. But um, we were visiting during the break also that the, the trip was not... You know, a mission trip is not a vacation, much That's like right. a, a mm-hmm. pilgrimage, mm-hmm. Um, and it was not without hardship. So what were some of the things that were maybe unexpected, um, dramatic, perhaps, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things that happened uh, during your mission trip in Honduras? Right. It was it was definitely beautiful, and it was, you know, very impactful, but it was also crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of interesting things happened. One of the, the coolest things that happened was... Um, we are sitting on the ground, like outside the church in this field, and all of a sudden, uh, we were like sharing about um, one of the people on my team who just really experienced God in a really powerful way, and she was talking about how you know God is God is powerful and God can work miracles, and she had been praying earlier that like God could move mountains, like all these just really powerful prayers. And all of a sudden, the ground started shaking because there was an earthquake happening. Oh, my god! And we were just out in the middle of nowhere in these mountains and didn't really know what was going on. But we're like, oh, my gosh, I think this is an earthquake. Yes. Um, and, yeah, it was on the news, that the Honduran news, like, not too long after. <laughs> so that was a cool experience. Um, definitely my first earthquake. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, crazy. unexpected. Yeah, like, don't really get those in really, North Dakota. We don't really get those here. Yeah, <laughs> right. in, in Midwest, you right. know, United States. <laughs> right. uh, so probably not something you were anticipating. No, I, I imagine. didn't yeah. even think about it. And I was like, I mean, yeah. it makes sense yeah. after the fact. Um, but yeah, not something I was expecting to happen. But that night afterwards, we were all kind of just talking about just our experiences of God that day and how like, we could tell that um, we were just doing good work. And, you know, God was proud of us. God was showing himself to us. And I remember we had this conversation about, you know, right now we're in a time of consolation, right? God is really present. But we don't want to forget these in the times of, you know, desolation and times when it feels like God is not close to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're, you know, we all kind of acknowledge the fact that when we're close to God, when we're doing good work, that's when the devil is going to also make his attack. And so to be ready for those kinds of things. Um, and just a few days later, we were had just finished up our mission in the villages. We were all heading back to a central location where all the teams were coming to. You know, we were going to get in these buses and go back to Comayagua and just relax and rest after our mission. And there was 11 people in our pickup coming down the mountain. And we got kind of started going down a hill. And we ended up getting in a bad car accident because the brakes on their truck went out. Um <laughs> 
as we're going down the hill and just, you know, picked up speed, we're going pretty mm-hmm. fast. And I mean, the first thing that came out of my mouth was the Hail Mary. I just started yelling the Hail Mary. <laughs> I'm like, Hail Mary, follow Grace, Lars with me. Um, but just everyone was confused and not what was knowing what was going on. And yeah. we ended up crashing and rolling about three or four times. Wow. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, and it was, it was scary because mm-hmm. there were people riding in the bed of our truck. There were people oh. riding in the cab of the truck. Um, mm-hmm. But just everyone survived. Everyone made it through. I mean, a lot of people have injuries, but we're all recovering. Everyone's back home. Um, you know, everyone who was down Honduras has now made it back to the States, you know, getting checked out. And everyone everyone survived, which is honestly yeah. a miracle. And it's crazy. Sure. How one, of, one of my friends who was in the accident with me, um, she describes it as every time she thinks about the accident now, she just imagines Jesus sitting next to her, guiding the truck. Yeah. Um, just because of all the all the factors that could have happened. You know, if it had happened 10 minutes earlier, we would have been in the middle of nowhere. And it would have oh. taken forever for us to be found. We landed right outside an auto body shop. And oh. they were out there and, you know, Gosh. got us out of the vehicle within two, three minutes. Wow. Um, you know, there was all the people there. None of us really could speak Spanish that well. But everyone who could speak Spanish, who was bilingual in our group, all happened to be at the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. So many people were there helping us. And, you know, it was just a very beautiful experience on top of, like, you know, the fear and, you know, the obvious, you know, it wasn't great that we got in a car accident, but everyone made it through. We spent a lot of time in the hospital in Honduras. Mm. Um, so just that happened. A couple of days later, a bunch of us got sick on top of it. Um, just this bad bacteria. We also had to go back to the hospital. Um, so <laughs> we all recovered, flew home. Definitely people have kind of been checking up at their own doctor back home mm-hmm. once they're back. But um, I think the biggest thing to, to remember and that I'm getting out of this is like, yeah, there were hardships. It was tough. Um, you know, honestly, realistically, I could have died. Mm-hmm. But God was working there and there's a reason that we all survived. There's a reason that God saved us. And um, it was something that I would totally do all over again. The protection is overwhelming. Yeah. Like just the fact that you, everything that you just said, like if you would have, if it would have happened earlier, Mm -hmm. the fact that you landed in front of an auto body shop, that that's only, that's only (laughs) God. That's only God saying, not today, Satan. Right. Not today. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really beautiful to see, like, even in those really, really rough things oh. that were not expected, yep. the hand of God in that. Yes. You know, it's not only in, in the plan, right? Like, here's what we're going to do on this mission trip, and here's right. how we're serving these people. But even in the, the unplanned, yep. like the brakes going out in mm-hmm. a vehicle as you're coming down, <laughs> they, I was just right. envisioning this as you're yes. describing this. And the mom and me was having a, a, just a little bit of a panic attack. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I, I called my dad from the Honduran hospital. Oh. And he, I mean, they took it pretty well. They, they answered the phone and he was like, oh, hey. I was like, hey, dad, how are you? And he's like, how's your trip? And I was like, it's been so good. Like, let me tell you about it. <laughs> we talked a little bit. And then I broke the news. Of, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually calling you from the hospital. Yeah. Here's what happened. Yeah. But the trip was great. Don't forget. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's fine. Wow. It's fine now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, just to, to circle back for our listeners that might be joining in now, despite all this, you said earlier, you'd go again. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. 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 
just even the experiences. Even knowing what you had, all the things you went through, mm-hmm. even, you know, some not normal uh, mission experiences like yeah. car accidents and earthquakes and things like that. Um, and, and what would prompt you to go again, Rachel, or if somebody said to you, like, I have this opportunity to go on a mission trip, why, why, why should I go? What would you tell them? I would say there is, you know, you think you're going on a mission trip to give, but the immense graces that you receive from this kind of thing, like, you're, they're too good to pass up, you know? Um, just, I was thinking of all the people in the villages that we got to minister to who didn't have the Eucharist, who, you know, a lot of them were just sad people, right? They, there are a couple houses that we visited there, um, and they were just living in so much generational sin, so many broken relationships, um, but they were so humble, and they would readily admit, they're like, yeah, I have a problem, and I don't know how to fix it. And they would, you know, they would love for us to pray with them. They told us exactly what they needed. They were honest. They were vulnerable. And that's something that you don't get a lot, you know, yeah. back home. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone came in and told you that, like, they're like you have a drinking problem, and so you, you wouldn't want to hear that, right? A lot of times right. you kind of be put off by that. But if you told yeah. them that, they'd be like, yeah, you're right. I do, and I don't know how to fix it, and I feel stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, the humility, the openness that they have to receiving us and um, the joy that they can give us and the love that they give you, even if you can't speak their language, even if you don't like their food, even if you're sleeping in a bed with scorpions on the walls, you know, like there's just so much beauty and graces that you can receive from a life um, that's given to Christ. Wow. That's powerful stuff, you know. Uh, Rachel, can you remind us again, uh, how, many, how many of you were on this trip? There were... 13 in their focus group. 13 in the group, and all of you returned back to the Fargo area. Well, three of us were from Texas, so 10 of us returned back to the Fargo area. Yep. So so I'm assuming that you're, as Amanda said, um, unpacking this together still today and will be for a long time. Right, and it's good that we have that community. You know, we have the shared experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That you can meet together and witness in that way. Right. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, really, really beautiful. And I think for, um, you know, for all of us to consider, like, how is God calling us to serve? Because I thought it was really beautiful, Rachel, when you said, you know, what drew it to? Like, well, I, I like to serve. Like, I, I was mm-hmm. excited about the serving part. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what to expect. And I, and I kind of jumped in, you know, to this experience that you hadn't had before. And and for us to be open to that, you know, to be open to that in our lives of like, where is God calling me to serve? Is right. it going on a mission trip to Honduras? Is it, you know, volunteering for RPR? Is it, you know... Is it a funeral t- circle at my church? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, it doesn't have to be foreign Absolutely. travel. It's, yeah. We have needs right here in our midst. We do. Absolutely. We do. Rachel, thank you for being with us. Listeners, don't go away. We're coming up in a hard break, and we've got more great guests coming up in the next hour of our show. Don't go away.